0: Well, good afternoon, everyone. And Dori, uh, thank you for joining. So folks, today we are going to cover the ninth series in the Leadership Fundamentals Program. And this one is uh, on feelings. So uh, Dory, I'm really looking forward to this particular session. And I know, you know, this is a topic that's close to a lot of people's hearts, right? Because that's something we deal with every day, and how we react to the situation, and and, and our feelings, and how that drives our behavior and our actions. So, uh, looking forward to it, and thank you for joining. And uh, we'll get started. While I pull up the slides, uh, any any uh, context you want to put forward for the for the f- folks that are going to listen and watch this uh, course,
1: uh, just the. The feelings being covered in a leadership fundamentals course might uh, feel a little out of place for some people <laughs> or might they might think it's a little out of place, but it really is an important topic because when you're leading teams in business or nonprofits or in organizations, you're leading humans and humans have feelings. And so learning about how to identify and manage your own helps you to lead others that are dealing with their feelings and so it may seem like a topic that belongs more in a a psychology type of of course but really it is an important leadership skill
0: absolutely yes thank you for that and uh, can you see the screen okay the slides are there
1: Yes, I can see it. And the title I picked here, Flow to Completion in Business and Life, that completion word is important because uh, even if you have some uh, identification of feelings, the concept of having them flow to completion and not getting stuck or not overwhelming, um, that's an important concept because understanding how do we help feelings completely flow through can really help us uh, have freedom and to live well.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Very true. So let's jump in over here. And yeah, so this, as we know, and everybody's seen this multiple times, this is the framework, right, of expanded versus contracted.
1: Mm -hmm. And the way this session fits in is if you are handling your feelings with either repressing them or ruminating on them or, or just like exploding, letting them just be too big, then you're in a contracted state. And so we're going to talk about the alternative, releasing them, letting them flow to completion. That's an expanded state skill and will help open you up to these other uh, ways of being in expanded state. So that's where this one fits into the overall framework
0: absolutely absolutely all right so, so emotion
1: defined this is an important concept that maybe our listeners haven't heard before that emotions are are really two in two parts the the physical feeling of the emotion and then the mental Part of the emotion? How do we interpret it? Or how do we think of it? Or what meaning do we give the physical sensation? And one thing that's interesting in my work with clients is uh, some people are very good at identifying the physical sensation of the emotion, almost that uh, for some people, that's all they feel is the physical, and they don't they don't know of any thoughts associated with it. And that can have its own problems to only feel the emotion physically. But there are many people that don't notice. They have learned or they learned early on, or and were taught or modeled by others to not notice the physical aspect of it and to only have the mental aspect of emotions. And so it it. In order for it to flow to completion, knowing those two pieces is is powerful for that. So if we think of emotion as energy in motion, energy in my body in motion, and we separate the physical from the thought process of emotions, it can help us. And so then the second part right here about the sensation providing information and not being good or bad. So that's the physical sensation, learning how to label it and feel it and not call it bad or good can, is also an important step of awareness in, in letting it flow to completion.
0: Yes. And I love this uh Word on the uh, display on the word, right? E- emotion is emotion mm-hmm. and energy in and out of the body. So, uh, and the key here is that the sensation provides information, and many times we tend to either ignore it or brush it away, but that doesn't help, right? I remember i just recently got covid and uh, i didn't know it was covid i was just getting a body ache and i had gone to take uh, my daughter to the dentist and i was just feeling down and and i was just sitting there and i was wondering i thought maybe i'm just feeling tired because my i was feeling exhausted but thankfully i I listened to that information. and uh, the next day I went and got the test and you know, I, and yeah, I tested positive. So just being aware and listening to what your body's telling you and what your feelings are telling you, I think is critical.
1: I mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great example. And a lot of people don't want to feel the physical sensation. And that's part of why they will repress an emotion or numb a certain emotion or seek to escape it. Because yeah. the physical sensation can be really uncomfortable of anger or a very strong sadness or uh, high anxiety, feeling almost panic. And so many people try to shut that off or stuff it down. Uh, and so what that doesn't allow for the feeling to flow to completion.
0: Absolutely so let's dive into this
1: Uh, so here is two lists of core emotions and there are lots of them out there and you can get a list of a hundred or more emotions so you can get as detailed as you want Uh, the first list that's in bold letters here comes from the conscious leadership group these are the five that they teach our core emotions so, sadness, anger, fear, joy, or gladness. And then they categorize sexual feelings or feelings to create as a core emotion. And I think that's really interesting, um, especially because I've, I've had a, a lot of years in recovery volunteer groups and people helping people with all different areas of recovery and leadership in that and helping people with sexual addiction, which is really interesting. This provides a, a great insight into that being a core emotion. And there are healthy outlets to create and to, to channel that into. And all of these, neither they're neither good nor bad. It's what do we do with the physical sensation? What do we do with the thoughts around the emotion? How do we interpret it? Uh, that's how we're going to process and allow emotions to be part of, of our human experience and business and in life, but but also not be in the driver's seat of our life. And so there are other lists though. You see Dr. Joan Rosenberg's list. This is what she teaches, and she makes it a little more specific sadness, shame, helplessness, anger, and some others. Um Yep. Disappointment, frustration. Some of those I would group together, but she finds it valuable to separate them out. And uh, I encourage the uh, people taking this course to find what list is most helpful for you and use it. There is power in having a label for your experience of an emotion because it it makes space for a little bit of distance so it's not overwhelming you. And then you won't feel the need to shut it down or escape from it.
0: Yeah, and I notice here that here it's the there are the negative emotions, but there can be positive emotions too, right? Um, so we got to make sure that we are listening or at least being aware of both.
1: Yes, well, and it, even if it's positive, doesn't mean people are comfortable with it, though. Like we want to expand the positive emotions in our life, but many times people are uncomfortable with high levels of joy. They're not quite sure what to do with it, or they were corrected as a child if they were too joyful or too noisy. And Mm -hmm. so they've tried to dampen that feeling of joy. And then also another way that I see people um, not handle joy well is they feel like they can't give themselves permission to feel joy or gladness because they might let their guard down if something dangerous or threatening were to come up and so they f- feel hesitant to experience joy or gladness because then then they might be taken by surprise so it's an interesting emotion that many people struggle with with joy and gladness even though it's a positive emotion yes and these are equally
0: relevant in one's personal life and at work right so because you you feel you have feelings uh, at both places
1: yes you do but it has been and still is in some work cultures this idea of you know leave your emotions at the door before you walk in or leave them at the car or leave them at home and yeah. come in here and and don't be distracted by emotions and get the job done and that is detrimental to uh, a, a team, especially these days. There's a lot more um, uh, informed people in your workplace around emotional intelligence, emotional literacy that are expecting to be able to have a range of emotions in the office. But with that said, it's not your your workplace is most likely not a counseling office where every emotion has free reign and free vent. Um, And we'll talk about that. So that's why it's emotions flowing to completion in expanded state versus the contracted state. Because if you're in contracted state and all you're doing is venting and venting heightened emotions, that's not gonna work well in the workplace either. And so we want to process emotions in an expanded state, balancing it with the other ways of being that are conducive to doing good work and to working together well as a team in whatever environment you're in.
0: Absolutely. All right.
1: So this is interesting. Dr. Rosenberg's research has shown that the physical sensation of those core emotions Usually flows to completion if we allow it in 90 seconds or less. So, somewhere between 60 and 90 seconds. So, let's say anger was triggered and I feel anger in my neck. Anger's triggered and the feeling of anger is here. If I just let the physical sensation flow, it usually subsides within 90 seconds. And that's key because many people. St- Feel the the physical sensation of anger, fear, sadness, whatever it is, and then they get fearful of it and they don't allow it to flow. When really, if you just let it be and, and let the physical sensation flow through, in a minute and a half, that will pass and you'll be able to think more clearly. And so... This diagram of this person to the right, it's showing different places in the body where commonly we will feel emotion, energy in motion. And it is, it is part, it's it's step one is to become aware of where it is in your body that you feel those core emotions, learning like it was important for me to learn that anger shows up in my neck. So now, if I'm in a meeting and things are getting tense or something is said that is, is not, um, it's, it's hitting on one of my core values and there's something that needs to be addressed there, I'll feel it in my neck before I even understand what's going on. And then I can breathe with that. And we'll talk about those, those different strategies and let the, um, the sensation flow through so I can think clearly on what to do with this. Um, and so, some a lot of times, the butterflies in the stomach and the gut area is where fear sets in. It'll be in yeah. that area. But there's also I've uh, I've been in in classes courses where many people will feel the physical sensation in their hands or in their feet. I mean, think about someone whose palms get sweaty when they get very nervous. Yeah. So it's not just what's pointed out in this chart. So, learning for you, when you feel sad, where is it in your body? Is it pulsing? Is it stinging? Is it burning? Is it fluttering? What what does it feel like? Where is it located? That will help you. And then this, what is highlighted in the box, the feelings vocabulary chart, and this one will look familiar to people who've gone to counseling. Probably, this is what many counselors use. Yeah. Can go and download this and use it for yourself. Um, it helps you put words to the feeling because it gives you a face. It's a little better guide. So if you're someone that that hasn't really paid attention to emotions or they were shut down, you were taught to shut them down, this type of chart can help you to label it and and can give you a little more space to allow feelings to flow to completion. And that's a free download online. Have you ever seen awesome. that one before?
0: Are uh, not quite like this, but I've seen different versions of it. Yes, there are some emojis too, right? Which are similar to this. Which, right, uh, and if
1: you just search on feelings, vocabulary chart or feelings chart, you'll get a lot of different options. But this is the one that, that many, many counseling programs use. It, and the, yeah. it's the page you can print. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now the 90
0: seconds, let's, let, let's talk a little about that because I think that's a really important point here so the I, the the way to look at that is if you let the feeling uh kind of be with you you're saying that in about 90 seconds it will it will enter you and then it will leave you in about 90 seconds right but
1: I if you think if about you
0: it, it, if you try to hold it then or try to repress it, then it's going to stay in you. Not It it will stay longer than that. Is that the point we are making here?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And in 90 seconds, it may feel like a wave, like multiple waves of emotion. That's why it's drawn in the bottom like that. So you might feel a burst. We'll just use anger for an example. That's a common one. You'll feel a burst of high energy through your body, your neck or tense your shoulders or your jaw will clench your forehead will tighten, this immediate physical response of anger. And then if I don't add thoughts to it to make it wrong or bad, I just realize, oh, this is an uncomfortable feeling of anger. This this wave or waves will pass so I can think clearly about it. Because the alternative is to repress it and stuff it and ignore it. And then it goes down in, and and the more you stuff and stuff and stuff, the more likely you will have a rupture, an explosion later. And so you don't want either one of those. And then you also don't want to remunerate on it. Sometimes if we stuff the physical sensation, then our brains go and and think about it and think about it and think about it. We We can't let go almost because the physical sensation didn't flow all the way through. Yes. So it and I I I implore everyone listening to try it and test it and see if the if you, you can just be with the uncomfortable physical sensation and maybe set a timer and see if it it passes in ninety seconds. For me, it's rarely even over a minute. Right. But I've had a little more practice over the years.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So what we're
1: gonna do now is we're gonna look at three common negative emotions where, where people struggle. So we'll talk through anger, fear, and sadness. And what does it look like in expanded state? And what does it look like in contracted state? So starting with anger, Re- emotions are neither good or bad. That's what we're talking about today. The physical sensation of anger is neither good nor bad. It provides information. And so when we're in expanded state, here's some of the information anger may be providing for you, that something is no longer of service, something is not aligned and needs to be addressed, So not aligned with values. We've talked about values in a previous session. So something I care about or people that I care about or a, a mission or vision of the organization, something that I care deeply about is not in alignment and needs to be addressed. So that's important information. A boundary needs to be clarified. So communication needs to be done, courageous action or communication. And then anger expressed with curiosity, openness and in service to all. That's the the expanded state of processing the anger. So it's flowed through your body already and now I'm going to handle it with the other people in an expanded state. And that in service to all is important. Because if you are repressing and stuffing, you're not addressing it. So you're not dealing with other people, honestly, and they don't know what's going on. Or if you're rupturing, you're exploding the anger. Well, that's not in service of all because mm. that, does, that shuts them down in fear or their own anger. And so then there's poor communication and things don't, don't probably don't improve. So that's an important piece of it. So anger and expanded state gives us important information.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: In contracted state here's what it looks like. I don't I may not have a clear no. I don't have the boundary clarification in place. I I may not have the skills to change or end a situation. So I might need to learn some skills and some decision-making skills or, or skills of knowing what I have responsibility over versus what they have responsibility over. So there might be some skills that need to be learned in this situation. In contracted state, anger is expressed with blame and criticism and that feeling of right. So you'll remember that from the first couple sessions about the drama triangle and contracted state. A lot of times anger and the other negative emotions too will keep us stuck in that victim, villain, hero dynamic down there. There's a lot of blame and right feeling right. And then in contracted state, anger that re- just ruminating on the anger will keep us distracted from taking action and so sometimes people don't want to take courageous action and they just stay in contracted state and they think about the anger and they process it over and over which keeps it stuck and might may, may even magnify the anger and create even bigger issues down the road in that relationship
0: yeah and you know dory i i this reminds me of a situation where if you're in a toxic work environment, right? And with with your boss, your immediate supervisor that's just, you know, has unrealistic expectations and is just rubbing you the wrong way. And then you're going to feel angry about it. And you might, you know, you might explode Can you give an example of what is a good way to utilize that in an expanded state?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we'll talk about some steps farther down in this seminar about what are the steps for allowing the emotion, the energy to flow through in 90 seconds so that we can think clearly to handle the situation. And so there's there's no formula other yes. than I bring myself to calm and move to a, a space of openness and curiosity and courageous action. It could be that my season in this workplace is over. And I need to make some difficult choices to find somewhere else to work or ask to be in a different department or make some courageous change in that way. Or if you're in an expanded state and you're open and you're curious, it could lead you to think about how can I contribute here in a in a more engaged way? How can I speak up to what's, what's needed, but in a respectful and service of all way, not in a blaming criticizing, complaining way. And so it's multiple skills at once that help us handle anger in expanded state.
0: Yeah, this is a common, uh, a very common area that a lot of people have some challenges with, controlling their anger, right? Because life has got so many issues where the external situation or the circumstances may trigger you to get angry but how you can control that in a way that you know you're operating from an expanded state and channeling it appropriately rather than just exploding that is the key
1: and a big piece of it is learning to to be okay with feeling uncomfortable
0: Yes, because
1: you're not okay with feeling uncomfortable, you're going to repress it, escape from it, explode, try to fix the situation as quick as possible, which if you're in a, a hush, a hurried state, you're insisting hmm. on it being resolved really quickly, you're that's contracted, and it's probably not going to, to work out in the best for all situation. And so yeah. it is complex so that's why the first thing you do is let the feeling of discomfort flow all the way through and not get stuck so you can think clearly and move back above the line to expand it to where you are curious you're willing to ask some questions to understand more from the other perspective and all of that those curiosity skills come into play yes
0: absolutely okay
1: So let's look at fear in expanded state. So here's what fear, fear is neither good nor bad. It gives us information. So it may tell us that something important needs to be known. Something needs to be faced or learned. I need to give something my full attention or awareness. There's possible danger to consider here. Like that's important. It's important in life. So many people think, any feeling of anxiety is bad. Well, not necessarily. If I'm going to make a big keynote speech and I'm feeling anxious about it, it helps me focus in on my topic. It helps me remember why am I here and what am I hoping that the people listening will get out of it. It gives me this energy to go out there and do a good job. So anxiety just in and of itself, nervousness doesn't mean bad. It has its expanded state uses. And so those are some of the positive information pieces. And then the contracted state is when you're imagining, most likely if it's fear in contracted state, you've got your imagination going in some way. You're imagining something out there is going to go wrong. And we did talk about catastrophizing in a previous session. Yeah. That, that feeds fear and contracted state. Um, if you're feeling really strong fear and contracted state, you're not in the present moment. And it's almost like wearing dark sunglasses. You can't see clearly because you're thinking about this imagined consequence or outcome that's going to happen. When really, in the present moment, there may not be that many things going wrong. And so that's why fear and contracted state can lead to paralyzing you or, or the emotional flood, which people use the word triggering from that. And then fear, just like in anger, when we're looping and looping these thoughts about fear, it can be that can be a comfort zone maneuver for people to keep them from taking action. It feels more comfortable to stay in fear and loop the thoughts than it does to have a courageous conversation and address something or do courageous action and make changes or do what you can to move towards change. And so that is another contracted state example of fear.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And then sadness gives us information on something here needs to be let go or something needs to be moved on from or released in life, Uh, uh, something. And and it it doesn't necessarily mean you change your circumstances. It could be an inner way of being, letting go of a dream or a vision, letting go of a, a certain belief that no longer serves you well. Um, or it could be relationships have a relationship has come to an end and I haven't fully grieved that or let go of it yet. So sadness gives us important information that some inner work needs to be done to let go.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And then in contracted state is when that ruminating happens. It's just loops and loops and, and you can if it keeps going for a long time you almost identify you merge your identity with i am a suffering soul and that's when it 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 shifts not just a feeling but becomes a mood a depressed type of mood sets in and when you're and, and it, it most likely indicates there's something or many things that may need to be grieved. And if that's the case, then seeking a counselor might be of great benefit. Also, in contracted state, there's a desire to hold on to the way things were. So sadness and contracted state is longing for those good old days that in our memory are much better than today, when maybe that's just a story that you're telling yourself. And um, And then when you're in sadness and contracted state, just like the other two, you're not present and you're missing opportunities to connect with people, engage, to to make a difference in current relationships or your workplace in the present moment. Uh, and it also just blocks connection at the heart level. So m- many people who have uh, sadness that loops for them in contracted state feel lonely because they're not free to connect at that heart to heart level. Yes. So before you move on, I want to I want to give a personal example of what this looked like for for me one time in the past. So well, I, I was feeling anxious in this particular situation. I, I had, I've been progressing in my profession at that time, and I needed to move forward into doing something new. And I was feeling ang- anxious about it. And so I, I ha- had the feeling present and I let the sensation of it flow through. And I was processing in my stillness practice. Okay, what exactly is this? I don't know why I'm feeling anxious other than I'm doing some heading in a new direction, but it doesn't make sense. The feeling was so strong. And so I sat with it for a while, just inquiring with openness. And this sense came up, this like sadness wave. It was just like that energy in motion and this wave of sadness came and tears came and I felt very uncomfortable because for me, I am much more comfortable feeling anxious than I am feeling sad. It's just, that's just who I am. I'm not as comfortable with sad and I don't want to feel sad. <laughs> so I'm in this moment of trying to gain insight on why I'm over feeling a little bit overwhelmed by negative. The sadness came up and it was tied to the direction I was heading in my professional life, I had tried it before two or three years prior and my efforts were were, uh, blocked by some people in my life and I had felt very shut down. And so the sadness was I needed to grieve that my dream was not fulfilled a few years ago. And so once I did that in that stillness practice, I was free to move forward without anxiety. So these are not isolated. These feelings can be intertwined, and you might have a go to feeling when really it's another one underneath that needs to be fully processed to completion.
0: Yes, that's a very, very relevant example. So, eventually, how did you act on that in that Mm -hmm. particular case?
1: Well, I I processed it in my reflection time, contemplation time, and then I did some journaling. I also shed some tears, got my tissue box, allowed <laughs> yeah. the tears to come out, which, like I said, for me is uncomfortable because I I have a little bit of a, uh, I I don't want to be overwhelmed by sadness, which is so interesting. But if I remember, oh, if I allow the tears to come in 90 seconds, it's probably going to pass on through. So I allowed myself to do that. And it hold, it held true. The, the physical sensation passed. I journaled and, and, and we'll talk about my journaling format that I use for these situations. And then I was able I just felt my energy was freed and released and I got back to work. I was able to then focus in an expanded state and move forward in those new ways in my professional direction.
0: Yeah. Now, what happens here, Dory, when, you know, the sadness is caused due to, uh, you know, you're losing somebody that was close to you? Now, that is a very different kind of a situation because that's a real loss, how yes. how how does one how does one effectively deal with that?
1: I'm glad you brought that up. There, uh, you'll not be surprised to hear me say this. There's no formula, which means that if you've seen out there that there are certain stages of grief, and if you move through them linearly, then you will be on the other side of it and not sad anymore. Um, I maybe that's true for some people but I think it's a, a, a minority mm-hmm. and so sadness grieving when you've lost a loved one or even when you've lost a significant dream or lost a job or lost a pet so if it is something that was dear to you that grieving process may take multiple times and so it This still holds true. I process it when it comes up and I may need to go through it multiple times and to not make myself bad or wrong because I'm applying some formula that I should be over this by now. Right. That's where people get tripped up. And especially the loss of a loved one, the sadness that comes and the strength of that honors the memory, honors the connection. It isn't something to be afraid of or or feared. Um, However, if someone listening, watching this is, is feeling like they're very stuck and overwhelmed in that place, I do recommend getting help. Grief counselors or grief support groups can make a really big difference because it will help you take off the formula that I shouldn't be feeling this anymore because that makes it harder and we'll just, you'll be less alone in your journey.
0: Yeah. And isolation is not a good thing, right? Because beyond a point, it's only going to add fuel to the fire.
1: I think that's true in all of these emotions. We are, we humans are not, not meant to be living life in isolation. And so all of our emotions, including joy and gladness, they all are to be experienced with other safe people in our lives. And so putting in the time and energy to develop a friendship that in within which you can share these emotions, I think that's an important piece of, of expanded state living.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and I experienced it personally as well when you're really stressed and anxious and depressed, you don't feel like interacting with others. You just want to withdraw into your own shell and not share and not socialize and not talk to anybody. And that only makes things worse. Mm -hmm. So I think it really helps if you can talk about it. I'm not saying you discuss it with everybody, but at least one or two or three of your trusted friends or you know folks that are vested in your success and you discuss it with them and you and you talk about them just that very act of sharing that makes you feel a lot less of the of the feeling that you had because now you're kind of giving it part of it to the other person right instead of holding it all back and most of the times the other person may put it in perspective. It's not the end of the world. Uh, others have felt like that too. And here are some things you can do. And then you just do that. Right.
1: Right. I think the power is just someone holding it with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they may not have important words of encouragement or advice, but if they're just holding it with you, removing the aloneness can yes. be, an important piece of allowing this to flow through so that you can gain the information that you need um, to move forward and to feel more free and more processing it in that expanded state. Yeah.
0: It's so critical. And
1: and if you're listening to this and you you're like, well, I can't go just make a friend today and I need to process anger, sadness, fear, whatever. um, That's where counselors and coaches come into play. they it can help bridge the gap while you work on developing those friendships. Yes. So, so that's that's part of why people seek out support, because it helps that bridge to get out of those, those lonely spots, because it can be hard to work on, on a, a friendship that's safe when you're really down in contracted state in one of these emotions. And so reaching out for professional help creates that bridge.
0: That's a great point.
1: So, you know, I love questions. Every session we talk about important questions. So here's the wondering questions. Anger, you're feeling anger. Ask what is no longer of service and does something need to be changed or removed? Fear, you ask yourself what needs focus or needs to be paid attention to. Sadness, a good question is what needs to be let go of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, another question is, am I making myself wrong with this feeling or am I making the other person wrong? Because we want to shift away from that judgment. And we've talked about that in prior seminars, move away from judging things as right, wrong, good, or bad, and go to what, what, what do i need to see here and does that inform a courageous conversation or a courageous action that's needed and then yeah. that can go to some more questions of okay and then what do what type of support or information do i need to do that and so that's what can help move us along so this is another model i want to give people uh, that some of my clients resonate with the expanded state and and contracted state, but other clients really love this framework, river of integration that Dr. Siegel has developed. And so this this is a little bit of a different visual. So if you look at the river of integration down the middle and think of that as expanded state, integration down the middle, the river is flowing, we're open, we're curious, we're 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 flexible we're flowing and then on the either side of this expanded state you could get stuck on the the um, rigidity or chaos and so go ahead up one slide and we'll talk about these so the bank of rigidity is one version of contracted state. And it could be fear, anger, or sadness. Rigidity is I've lost my flexibility. I'm, I'm feeling right. This is the way things should be and they're not. This is the way things are wrong. This is the way you need to change. This is the way I need to be. And there's this desire to control and fix. So that's rigidity. And then the other bank is chaos and that's another form of contracted state where that's the over emoting that's the overwhelming emotion you become unpredictable chaotic think of a teenager that's yelling and just kind of throwing things maybe so this framework is okay am i get get really good at knowing which bank do you head towards when you have strong emotions because you probably go towards one more often than the other. I tend to go over to rigidity and becoming just stuff things and become inflexible and try to numb out from the emotion. But other people go over to the over-emoting side. And I see you put up integration. Integration, like I said, is flexible, adaptive, and open open to discussion and learning because they're curious there in the integration. So you get really good at knowing which one do I tend to go to when I'm feeling an emotion that I'm uncomfortable with. And then you start to notice what are the symptoms when I'm getting close to the, to the bank so I don't get stuck on it. And yeah. you get more and more skilled and you're like, how do I stay expanded? How do I stay flowing in the river? And so this this is another visual that can be very- It's helpful.
0: an amazing, it's so, you know, it says it's true that a picture speaks louder than a thousand words, right? And this is such a, it, just that picture of the the two banks of the river and you're in the middle and you just integrate rather than being chaotic or being rigid, it's beautiful.
1: And this can work in a team setting If you introduce this model to your team, you could draw it on the marker board and talk about it. Because if you're having trouble with team members that are either going too rigid and they're right and they're defensive or team members that are over emoting, they're, they're taking things to the chaotic direction. You can draw this on the marker board, have a discussion of do you think, which one do you tend toward when the things get tense? And then you can have a common language. So picture this: in a team meeting, something is said in a way I don't prefer, and I, my, I I get defensive on it. I go towards rigidity, and I realize, oh wait a minute, I can feel myself going towards the bank. Hold on, yes. I need a timeout. I'm gonna let's take a bathroom break and come back in about five minutes, and we'll keep, continue the conversation. OK, yeah. or you could do, you know, I'm, I feel myself going to the bank of, of chaos. Let's take a time out and revisit this or let's think about how we want to approach this and we'll pick it back up in tomorrow's meeting. So that would be an example. Or you could use this shared language in a, in a marriage setting or with a teenager or a family. There's all kinds of ways to use this so that you can give each other permission to pause and let the feeling flow to completion go back to expanded state and work things out.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good model.
1: Yep. So this is from the organizational perspective and really it's just to give a place for for the leaders participating in this to think about how does how how does my group whether it's a team or a company handle emotions? How do you view emotions? Are you? Do you have one of those cultures where they're not allowed emotions are checked at the door, and we just come here and get our work done, and don't we're not distracted by emotions? <laughs> you might have trouble hiring this next generation coming in because they yes. want to process emotions. So, so understanding. Okay, wow. What is my team culture around them? How are emotional conversations resolved? do some of my team members head towards rigidity or chaos? And how do we handle that? And if there is a a rupture, an eruption of emotion, is it just swept under the rug and never addressed? Or do we have communication skills and resolution skills for clearing the air? And and we'll talk in in another seminar, a series coming down. I think it's it's series 11 about communication and candor. So it's going to talk talk about some of these skills of resolving, Uh, but these are just questions to think about it now. Is gossip fueling negative emotions? Gossip must be addressed in a work situation because that will kill team morale and will undermine so much of the work that you need done as a team if gossip is allowed to continue. So having conversations around gossip because gossip fuels contracted state negative emotions and then realize that leaders set the tone in how emotions are handled and so doing your own personal work on do i do i flow in the river of integration or do i get stuck in rigidity or chaos and what can i do about it how do i improve my skills because what the tone that the leader sets is is contagious by the team absolutely
0: yes yeah
1: so here is a summary slide, uh, just another, uh, another framework for people that's a little easier to remember. So my three options in contracted state that I want to, to break out of is do I repress stuff or numb? Do I recycle ruminate loop? Or mm-hmm. do I rupture over express? If, if the answer is yes in any of those, it's like, oh, I'm contracted right now. Let me go to my toolbox of skills for how to move from contracted to expanded and put some of those into place. Do I need stillness practice? Do I need to do any of these other tools? Reach out to people. And then the expanded state is release. And that is having awareness and movement and healthy expression. And yeah. so the steps are coming up.
0: Yes. I love so it.
1: Yeah. Here's one of the the ways to process an expanded state. How do I release in your stillness practice? You can use this framework, which is popular these days. And that's the rain framework. So recognize like, what is present here? What am I feeling? Something is, something is uncomfortable. What am I feeling? So that's the R allowing it to just be there and if you allow it it'll probably the wave will pass in ninety seconds or less investigate with interest that's where you get curious okay where do i think this came from that might be helpful maybe not how do i you know how am i defining this making meaning to it so that's the curious part and then nurture with self-compassion If you're feeling sad, many times hand on your heart while you're doing deep breathing. That's an example of nurture with self-compassion. But even if you're fearful or anger, that movement of hand on your heart or some people hand on their stomach or some people just hands on their arms here can be a, a nurturing position in this rain to bring calm and allow the emotion to flow through.
0: Yeah, um, that's then- a beautiful. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, here's the more practical steps: um, be aware of it. Where do I feel it in my body? Is it burning? Is it is it vibrating? What part of my body is it on? And then, of course, breathe fully. You hold your breath. You're you're blocking the emotion, the physical sensation from flowing through. So you want to breathe all the way multiple breaths and just allow your body do some neck rolls shoulder rolls movement um there have been times if i'm feeling really strong heightened anger i need to go out and jog i need to go ride a bicycle i've got to move and sweat (laughs) and that will really help that release um, and and then help my brain to come back on an expanded state Um, I put counting and ice on here too, because sometimes if you're at work and you have a really strong emotion flowing through, counting can help bring you into the present moment, count to 10, you've probably heard, Um, count, you know, you can look, count something in the room, count pictures hanging on the wall, count notches on the ceiling, count something can help you to return to calm in those early moments of a strong emotion. And then if you're really feeling like high intensity fear, almost to panic, ice is a trick that can help that feeling sensation to flow through and to bring you back into the present moment. And that's just putting a piece of ice in your hand And it gives this movement, this feeling sensation that will help your brain just come back into the present moment. Oh, wow.
0: I never tried that.
1: Yes. And so then the steps are allow, accept, and appreciate. I'm not going to judge it, make myself wrong, make the feeling wrong. I'm going to accept and appreciate it. Oh, what information is here? And then examine your self-talk as in this step because If you're not appreciating the information you can gather from this negative emotion, you're probably criticizing yourself or someone else for the situation. And so that's where you're appreciating this. Doesn't mean I'm happy about it. Doesn't mean I want this. Doesn't mean the situation is even um, one that I would ever choose. However, this is reality. Let me not resist it and let me see what information needs to be seen here and not make myself wrong and beat myself up over it. And then express, you can express it by, like you said, talking to a friend, a safe person. You can express it by vocalizing it. Some people talk to themselves in their car. There's a way of expressing it. You can express with journaling, that's one way, and I'm gonna have some steps in here in journaling. You can express with art. Ah. There's a reason why highly sensitive, emotional people make wonderful art in the world, because they channel these emotions that they're processing into art. And that can be really powerful. And then here's the cognitive steps, those wondering questions. And then that I love the question. Do is there a courageous conversation or action that I need to take? And then if you're in an expanded state and you're ready, you go do it. You go take the action.
0: Yes we are very practical steps mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah. And so here's the journaling that, that I have found most helpful and many of my clients benefit from three categories that you journal. And this is a, a quick bullet journal. I know some people like to, to write a lot. Uh, many of us live busy lives if we're in leadership. So this can fit in five minutes or less. I'm processing my emotion. What do I need to let go of here? Two, two or three things. What am I grateful for in this situation, an insight I've gained or something that I'm grateful for? Because in every situation, there can be something, even if it's small. And then what is my focus now as I get up from this journaling practice, from this reflection practice? What is my next courageous step or what is my focus? It might be to remember a certain phrase that is helpful or the the opposite of the self-talk that has been heading you in a negative direction and instead you have something positive that will be your focus for that day, put it on a sticky note and hang it on your computer monitor or hang it in your car. Um, So that's the journaling assignment that I have. If you are watching this, I want you to practice this for at least a week. Every day for a week, and see if that helps your feelings to flow to completion and gives you some insight in expanded states, so that you you stay in that flexible, open, curious, learning yeah. mode, and more action is is going through going through you and out into the world.
0: I know some people that absolutely swear by journaling. They they do it regularly. It has really helped them a lot. Um, ha- have you experienced positive aspects of doing journaling as well
1: oh i have i i probably have 30 spirals like here's here's my here it is right beside me so here's my current journal i used to use the smaller cuter ones but now i just go buy a, a spiral notebook of um, yes. journal is an important outlet for me because I'm in this emotions world with many people as a coach and so I need to take responsibility and process my emotions well to completion and journaling is a key part of that Um, so yes and the research shows journaling makes a difference in people navigating life well and being more present and more engaged more connected to people in their lives at work and at home and when you're doing that then your life is is more full and more rich and isn't that what we all want
0: yes Journal. No, it's, you need is to try a, it it sounds like uh, I need to <laughs> yes yes I need to is there a particular time of the day that you do that or you just whenever you feel that you are uh, and uh, you want to put it out there
1: are you asking for a formula
0: No, no. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what works best for most people.
1: Right. You just decide which one you think works best for you and try it for a week. Okay. Uh, There are people that like it in the morning because it gives them clarity and then it gives them energy because it frees up their mind. So they have heightened energy to do their work in the day. But there are other people. Like, so that's what I do. That's what works best for me. I journal when I sit down at my desk here and begin my workday. So I don't typically journal on the weekends. I journal Monday through Friday. It's part of my routine of my work days. I do different renewing activities on Saturday and Sunday. However, my daughter journals at night because then she sleeps, goes to sleep more quickly and sleeps more deeply. So for her, it helps her process and clear out what was going through the day, because a lot of times we don't we don't have time and space to process our emotions in a work day. She has a very busy job that she does. And so her time to let all that process is journaling at night. And then she goes to sleep with no problem most nights and and wakes up more refreshed in the morning. So try out either one. See what yes. works for you and stick with it.
0: Absolutely. It's good advice.
1: And then here's our summary drawn from the Conscious Leadership Group. So in any moment, you are operating as if you are committing to one or the other. You're committing to contracted state, which tends to be autopilot. So most people are committed to resisting, judging, apologizing for feelings. They repress, avoid, withhold, or over Um, we talk about in this series, putting intentionality in to commit to expanded state, feeling our feelings all the way to completion, knowing how to do that and practice it until it feels more comfortable. And then knowing that literacy around feelings, the physical sensation and the thoughts that are connected with them for us, knowing which ones we avoid. So then we can learn and train ourselves to be a little more able to handle the discomfort of those emotions we avoid. So yes. this has been great talking to you. What what emotions yeah. have you been feeling as we've been talking about it today?
0: Well, you know, I need to I need to do some journaling because uh, the way I like to do that it's not really journaling, but I like to I like to express it either in the form of a podcast or a blog or a video so because i find that when i do that i'm kind of taking it i'm taking it out of just me and giving it to the outside world and i, I it it's a release for me if i do it like that
1: yes that makes a lot of sense yes right well, And and going back i feel like i did a lot more talking in this one without giving you space Do you know which emotion for you, you you tend to be less comfortable with? Is there one that is your tended one that you avoid? Uh,
0: Yes, fear. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because I remember when I used to be a lot younger, you know, I used to get very nervous before an exam, believe it or not. (laughs) Now, of course, I don't. But when I was in like, you know, middle school, and I, it used to, I used to get so nervous, Dory, that I couldn't eat anything the night before or the day before, because my whole digestive system would just shut down. Mm. And then, you know, once the exam, et cetera, would, would would happen, then, then I would be able to eat. But That was an extreme reaction to the feeling of fear and anxiety.
1: And so that is such an important insight. So that may be one that you are specifically intentional to let yourself, let the fear come up and flow within 90 seconds, which might Be a challenge for you at first but to get yourself to sit down and be okay to feel it because that little boy in you might feel weak or might feel like you're going to be overwhelmed but it can really be helpful to to have that experience and realize oh I have more skills now oh I can handle this now I can let this feeling flow all the way through so yeah Ah. We, yeah. We're never at an end point on this stuff. I think we all Yeah, are. yeah. You
0: know, and of course, over the years, I've dealt with it and it doesn't bother me now. But I, I remember those days and it's a very common reaction. Different people, some people tend to overeat when they're anxious. Others tend to lose their appetite. So mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, again, I think it's the feeling and what message is it giving you? and how can you react to it appropriately
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right how about you
1: mine mine is is i don't want to feel sadness i spent yeah. a lot of years in in ruminating and even heading towards or getting stuck in depression and so now i resist feeling sadness because i don't want that that big blanket to descend and and keep me under. Like yeah. in my twenties, I struggled with that, um, yeah. and so now, just kind of retraining myself, I can handle sadness, and I'm not going to get stuck. Uh, so so I will cover. I'll mask sadness with anxiety, mm. but really, I need to process sadness yes. in order to be free. And so that's where my practice is right now. Is allowing and and that means i have to sit with it which yeah that's a challenge in in a busy full life <laughs> uh,
0: absolutely yeah and i think the role <laughs> of ex- yeah exercise is very important right oh, to, yes. to to diffuse the negative feeling because that like you said right you get your body moving movement causes emotion and then oh, yes. things tend to settle down so uh, I think that's important, right? When sometimes I'm feeling oh. anxious or stressed, I just, you know, work out or run or go for a brisk walk or ride the bike or whatever it is, right? Do something, do something right. to get out of the situation. It's like a
1: pattern interrupt. Right, and when we do the session 12, which will be the culmination of all of these skills, we're going to talk about that. The whole body and mm-hmm. how, it, how does our our mind, heart, soul, body work together to keep us in expanded state? And those foundational habits of, of not just regular movement, some people call it exercise. I like to call it movement. There's a lot of choices in there. Yes. But, and, and your brain chemistry through what you consume, food and drink, like all of those pieces support expanded state too. And so we'll cover all that. In a few Absolutely.
0: Sessions. Yeah. Great session, Dory. Thank you so much. Uh, I think this was really extremely, extremely relevant and topical for everybody. And for the folks that are watching, if you have any further questions, please email us at coach at maximizeu.life or check us out at maximizeu.life and you can see all the courses that Dory has done on leadership fundamentals. This is number nine. And I think you know we've covered so many aspects of leadership, and you can take them individually or you can take the entire series, whatever works for you. And most importantly, put it into practice, right? Because all the knowledge in the world is useless if you don't act on it. So, thank you again, Dory, and folks. We will be putting up the slides on the course and. Uh, Yeah, appreciate your time. I'm going to pause and stop the recording now.